0: Welcome back, everybody. It's the Lakeland Sports Guys with Chris and Tom. We've got Stan Spivey joining us along with us here at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood where they've got uh, the delicious specials, the bar, or the uh, cheeseburger special today, is it not it Yes, sir. With the fries to go along with it. Tomorrow they got the hot dog special. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then my favorite, of course, is what happens on Thursday, and that is the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich. But you got to get here early because evidently they ran out of potatoes last week. So,
1: yeah, neither one got it. Uh, I think Miss Beverly got it. Miss Beverly <laughs> got the last one. So, Sand, we uh, you know we were about out of about I don't. I don't. I don't even want to get into that. You know what they say: happy wife, happy
0: life. Well, she was that's, happy because she got I had to a, go to the
2: beach. There you go. Keep her happy. So,
0: well, we got a lot to talk about. We'll get into uh, the Carolina Clemson games, men and women. Boy, what a game with UConn the other night! And also, we'll uh, break down a little bit about the playoffs for boys and girls basketball as of right now. It's, I know they've got about one or two more games that are left. There are a couple games that are happening tonight we got some games tomorrow and thursday as well but i went ahead and found what i could find and it's not perfect there are some scores that were missing so uh We'll kind of give you a rough estimate uh, as to what's going to happen next week when they start the playoffs and, and who's going where. So we'll kind of give you a little bit of an early preview. And then you've got uh, a lot going on with the Peach Peachville Conference.
1: Uh, yeah, they, well, they got it going on. I'm just sitting here talking about it. But
0: I also hope to
1: have a chance to get maybe uh, one of the coaches from the JB team on Thursday as well. We're working on that. Uh, so hopefully Coach Carter can come on with us at least and be a call because they have a game away. Yeah, their last game of the season. And he says, we're getting on the bus set. Two o'clock, I said, we're going on at 2.30. He says, uh, you call me, I'll call you. I said, I'll get your number, and Tom will call you So
0: Anyway, we're, hope we're working on that. If we don't, we'll get it on for next week. All right, so we've got that. Stan's back from the beach. Glad to have you back, my man. Yep. Once Glad again. to be back. And, and literally back from just now. Just, just, in. <laughs> just rolled in. I had to change my flip-flops into my tennis shoes. So, so let's start with the uh, colleges and what's going on in and around here. We're going to get to the baseball because that's where all the excitement <laughs> happened over the weekend. But congratulations to uh, Lander Bearcat, uh, to Shia Reynolds. She ends up scoring her 1,000th point for the Bearcats as they went ahead and uh, took the victory over USC Aiken uh, the other night. And what what a game it was, 77-65 to 65 in this one. She scores 13 points that are there to lead scores uh, along. Well, she also uh, and Shania Johnson also had 13 to go along with it. Brashay Johnson finished with 12 points and 11 rebounds and four assists, but more importantly, they have been on a roll here as of late, and they are winning games. You know why? Because we doubted them.
1: <laughs> Stan, and I, Stan and I have been saying all along, man, sooner rather than later, uh, they got to believe in the new program to set in place, and they're they're believing now. We're starting to see that with a lot of programs. Mm. And it, yeah. it will eventually start in, like I said, you play defense – predicates in the offense and
0: that's mm-hmm. what they're doing they're using defense to get it going so yeah congrats so that's big news that is there so congrats to her um i also want to make mention that uh baseball there's a lot of stuff that is going on with uh, uh the start of the division two uh, games that are happening but then we've also got the big guys are going to be starting here in what a week and a half or so about a week and a half yeah. so that we'll get a lot into the carolina and the clemson baseball because everybody's wanting to see what's going to happen can carolina improve on the success that they had and what about the new coach uh that's Happening Columbia up at Clemson, Clemson. Yeah. and how he's going to react. So we'll have that uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. But right now we just want to get in uh, a little bit to what's happening around here with the Division II baseball Peach Belt Conference, uh, conference, uh, Ca- the Coastal uh, the Carolina Conference as well, and what is happening with that because those two met three games all at Donley Stadium, and what a game one it was as the uh, Flying Fleet. Uh, had Lander go into extra innings on opening day but just weren't able to pull it out it was one of those where you you you, <laughs> you think that you know you have the victory one you got two outs Okay, you got a, a batter that's up there. Your pitcher, all of a sudden, throws one. He swings at it. That's out number three. the ball goes all the way to the backstop, and then Garrett scores from second base, lucky enough that he saw the ball was still at the backstop when he rounded third and just sprinted on home, and that ended up being the game winner. They finish it in twelve.
1: Unreal. Like I guess I tried to listen to some of it, but you now what you just called—that's tough to call in baseball. Because the ball gets wedged, it's a netting or whatever happens. And how fast does this kid got to be to score from second? That's some speed on the base at the and wall and, and smart baseball. Because Adolnie is right there anyway. So I mean, it's all you really do is you grab the ball and you lunge forward to the plate. So this kid's motoring. So I, he may lead the team in steals this year easily. <laughs> well, that's one of those things, and we've talked about it. It's in every
2: sport, not just baseball, but basketball, football. It's the one thing that a lot of these coaches cannot teach, and that is just flat-out speed. Just putting them up, picking them up, putting them down.
1: And that's every, Yeah, you're right. That's every sport. That's every sport. I went from Coach Peeler to the rest of those guys at Greenwood, you can't teach the speed. and uh, There again, that's just thats where a thought what that is, to yeah. know, well, I'm going to get the third easy. And then <laughs> by the time he's got to get either slide in the third and you expect a throw down, that the guy's still way back there in the pitchers, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, I don't know what he was doing, but he wasn't at the plate evidently. <laughs> Unless that guy just had like 20 seconds of trying to
0: play, you know, trying to find a ball or something. But, well, uh, and they may have. He might with two you hours. You thought it was done with yeah. the with, the well, with the two and nobody saw him running. I mean, yeah. everything's happening behind, behind you. It. It's not yeah. in front of you. You're right. So. And he
2: probably got a huge lead off second. With two outs, he's he's digging for – he might have been hitting third before the ball even got by the catcher.
1: Well, you're right, yeah. Because, I mean, you, like you said, that's just that quick, quick reflex. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's a huge game and a, and a big way to come out of it. Because you remember last year it went the other way.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it did over there <laughs> at, <laughs> at Erskine. That first game um, went the other way. So. You know, this is the second year in a row, though, that Erskine's taken, taken two, I do believe. I'll go back and check the record on that, but, uh, uh, Erskine comes back on, on Saturday, double header, uh, again, at Dolney. to take game number one on Saturday, uh, evening up the records one and one, Take a nine to eight lead in 10 innings. Again, two games that go extra, extra innings. innings. Um, you know, if you're a fan, you're loving the extra, <laughs> extra time you get Free to watch. baseball. It's cold too out there, but
1: You got to enjoy it. It was cold. It was, it was yeah. pretty cool Friday nights. So, I mean, that's, and then Saturday as well. But, um, like you said, that's, that's, for how many years now that's been the ticket for baseball to start the year? I mean for at least twenty years they've been playing against it. Well, as long as Lander's had a baseball team. That's been who they want to lead the year off with every year is Erskine because it creates that little in town kind of type deal, even though Erskine's in well, the West.
2: It's, it's been a rivalry for years. Now Lander has progressed up in classifications and conferences and all where Erskine has kind of stayed where they were. But it just goes to show you sometimes bigger's not better. Erskine still wants to win every time they play Lander, and Lander wants to win. It's a natural rivalry. What twenty minutes apart? They recruit a lot of the same players. I mean, you know, it's fun.
0: And then the 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 telling story was game number two or game number three, I guess you would say the the second game of the doubleheader. Erskine comes out in a five two win in this one, but it was Joe Allegre just dazzling out on the running uh, on the on the uh, uh, mountain. For that evening, is he went what eleven strikeouts in that one? I think he only walked one, but he did have uh, all. Both of those runs were earned runs right. in the process of this, but he was magnificent in facing twenty five batters. Eleven Ks,
1: yeah. Congrats, man. That's yeah. that's the one. It that's,
2: that's huge. That's heat. <laughs> and Lander also had one that signed last week with the Mariners. I believe it was. Uh, uh, was I thought it was
0: Erskine that. that well, Erskine. Erskine, yeah, that's yeah. What yeah. I meant.
2: yeah, Erskine. That uh, I think he signed with the Mariners. So,
1: and yeah, like I said, he may not be the only one you see. Right, we're going to have some a lot of, a lot of local guys in this area. Is what we call Lakeland's, but it's really everybody included in this area. Is going to have some players. I think um, I think Landry's got a pitcher that's really high up on that list. Uh, I can't think of his name right off the bat, but I think he's the one that's really getting looked at. Already early in the year like it well, is. And, so. and
0: a lot of these players, too, play in the summer wooden bat leagues. They go down, they play for the bananas, they play for yeah. the bacon, um, the bullfish. And, I mean, they, they are really involved in, in getting that extra uh, practice time, those extra games in, and that's been a, bit, a big reason for their success.
1: So. Go bacon, by the way. I know like you're banana, but I'm a banana <laughs> fan.
0: <laughs> go bacon. So, judging by the slim, yeah, we won't yeah, get into it. Definitely, <laughs> <the bacon. laughs> <laughs> definitely the bacon. Definitely the bacon. Give me a, a Kevin your time, and he can yep, come there to you go. Uh Lander did have a player that did make the uh, preseason uh, Peach Belt Conference, uh, that being sophomore uh, Connor Doze uh, out of Lander. He's a designated hitter. I didn't realize this. You know what is – Slugging percentage was last year seven eighteen. He's a kid. That, yeah, he was on the
1: bench last yeah. year, and he came off the bench and really big games. He came. I know the two that I went to last year, he came in and he had hits in both the games I went to. uh So yeah, he he's worked his way into that DH spot. That should be that should be where the Lander is really good this year. Is at that DH position. It's just a matter of putting him in the right lineup in the right slot. So, I mean, we'll see what Coach Burke can do with that.
0: Yep. And then uh, Erskine, they've got a couple that you can watch for as well. Armando uh, Bercetta, he is a senior outfielder out of uh, Miami, Florida. You also got Johnny Hemmel, uh, the right-hand pitcher, senior out of Mathens North Car- Matthews, North Carolina, and Christian Rivera, Jr. He is from uh, Winter Haven, Florida, and uh, made the second-team All-Conference Carolinas last year to go along with that. Good so, player there. That's know. a good – that's when you need to watch. So that's what we've got there. That's all the excitement that happened over at Donley Stadium over the course of two days. And if you missed out on it, you missed uh, some heck of a good games, uh, you need to go to LanderBearCats.com. You can catch those games there if you can't make it out to caught the stadium.
1: the tail end of it. So, yeah, I caught the tail end of the, the last one. I, I, I was trying to listen on Friday, and it just I could never get it to really pick up the way it needed to pick up. But uh, I, we'll keep trying that. But like I said, it, it's definitely a stadium you want to go to. Yeah. Around yeah. here especially. Yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're used to like the Carolina Clemsons and everything with the new fields. And, I mean, this is a beautiful park for baseball.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful park for baseball. Gorgeous. All right, you've got uh, Peach Belt action as well?
1: Yeah, we've got basketball. I mean, I didn't – like you said, I went as far. The only thing I really was worried about this weekend because I hadn't been following that closely is uh, your scoring and rebound leaders and stuff like that. You probably got the scores. Probably well, that's
0: what we've been doing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, you've already got it.
1: So all I've really got is the uh, the Peach Belt scoring leaders, and and like I said, uh, this has been kind of a weird year for the women. But it's like you said, they're coming. I mean, where are they now? Seven and fourteen, I think, overall. Overall in that league, um, but they're starting to make that turn. And like I said, it's you got several players that that are doing it. Um, and like I said, um, I was a little bit surprised because the the ones with the with the scoring leaders. Or not in the top not in two the top or three.
2: Five or ten. Young yeah. Harris
1: has got the leading score who's averaging almost twenty a game. And that's Mackenzie Johnson. I mean, so you got her. And it goes down the list and here's the name I need for you, and she's a lander girl. Quadrea Langley is the leading score for the Bearcats at thirteen a game. But that they're kind of playing like I guess you would say uh some of the other teams out there, where you have a balanced scoring attack, balanced unlike the Gamecock women, and 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 down the road with that, but uh, just really surprising year. And then you got Collie Sanders, who's got uh, she's leading the team with six rebounds for Lander. Uh, but overall, it's it's a fairly fairly good year. I mean, for men and women, so awesome. It's exciting times. So. Awesome.
0: And the men's leaders, you got those as well. Uh, Did you get that far? I used to have. All right, I, we'll, we'll get to I it, I it because to the guys work. are having a heck of a game as well. We'll circle back to that. <laughs> when, you, when you look at, at men's basketball, and um, I love what Coach Omar is doing out there. I mean, when we interviewed him when he first came to town, well, he wasn't even in town yet. <laughs> no, he was just, still at his house up at Lincoln Memorial uh, to go along with that. But when we interviewed him, I, you and I were both ready to lace up the shoes, get on the court, and play for him. And he has really turned this program around. Uh, it started out slow. What two years ago, but it has built to where it is today, and they are just high flying action. And here's the thing: we, we every time we talk about basketball, we talking about where you start, where you
1: begin. Um, he had a tough. He, I mean, he replaced a tough coach too, who they had done did. well here, mm-hmm. and actually went on out there. And like I said, it it takes a year or two to get that program the way you want it built, the way your morals are going to be, the way the players is going to react to the coach. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. You can't just go out and create that stability between a brand-new coach. The players had to buy into it, and they they began to really start to buy into this coach. And and I'm telling you, they're turning around and what – in a matter of a
0: year, they're yeah. leading the league in scoring, so that says a lot. Yeah, Matter of fact, they ended up breaking the losing streak. They had a two-game losing streak against Flagler and Young Harris, um, their losses last week, and then they come back and uh, end up with a big win over USC Aiken on Saturday afternoon, 82-68. to 68. But they get uh, a fun one on Wednesday. They get to head on down to Augusta, take on Augusta <laughs> University, number one team in the Peach Belt Conference right now.
1: Number one scorer in that conference too, in Tyshawn Crawford. So that'll be a good matchup for Noah Dunn. And
0: I'm sorry, that's that Finnis Horn. It's not. Oh, it is. Yeah. Noah so that's done a done game. Well, we never. Yeah, that's, that's what right. we need to look they, at, guys. They
2: need to be hanging from the rafters in that game. We,
0: we need to be looking at that <laughs> yeah. one. Is it definitely a
1: spot the Lakeland Sports guys go and seek it out that that game because that's going to be a huge game. Um, Both the boys and the girls. And they've got. And here's the deal. we we're, we're at that point now that you need to win. Yeah, both, both women and men need that win there. Um, because, like I said, Augusta has lost a couple that I didn't realize, but they lost the last two road games they've been on. They've lost at Aiken and at Clayton State, I believe. And, I mean, they won the last two because they've been at home. And, and, like I said, Tyshawn Crawford's the real deal. But he and Noah Dunn going one-on-one, maybe, or Sheffield covering him or, or uh, trying to cover him. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And, like I said, both of those, those guys are scores anyway, Dunn and Sheffield. So, Get out there and, and support this team because this is a big game for Lander. Hey, we want to talk about scoring and staying. When you think about a really high-scoring team like Lander is in Peach Belt, you think about one guy just loading the box and, and having 29, 30 a game. It's not like that this year. Noah Dunn and Jared Sheffield, 13 apiece in scoring a game. Right behind them is Jared Cooper and Sharon Lindsay at 11. So you got four guys in double digits.
2: You gonna win a lot of ball games,
1: and that's average. That's not one game yeah. or two games. This is their average for the season. That's incredible, and that's kind of what you want, and that's and, why you got success. And it <laughs> makes it
2: tough on the the, the opponent because, yeah. unlike with Augusta, you know, you got one guy that you need to kind of put some pressure on to stop him. Atlanta, you say, who do I start try to stop first? Okay, if we can't stop him, what are these other three gonna do? Or if we do stop him, what are these other three going to do? Is it just going to the guys that were averaging 11, now they're averaging 15?
1: Uh oh, we in trouble, guys.
2: They got four people that can score.
1: Well, you know, you kind of think about Augusta with Tyshawn Crawford. That's your star guy. So yeah. do you run a boxing one against him? The problem with that is you got Mikel Arnold, who, who's averaging 17 and 10, yeah. he's double doubling. Yeah. He's got seventeen points, ten rebounds a game. I don't even know what Crawford's averaging with rebounds. He's probably up there too. But I mean, so it's a two man team there too. But yeah. with Lander, you got four guys got that four legitimately guys. can give you fifteen a game, or close to it.
2: Well, and it, but we all have seen this year, and, and on the men's side and the women's side, the defense on all these teams that are winning, the defense is their priority, and they. The points come easy off of quality defense. I mean, they're getting some easy layups. They're they're getting the offensive rebounds for easy putbacks. But it's because of the defense that they're playing. It might not be so much the offensive sets that they're running, which they're going to get points off of that too. But a lot of it is just strictly you go out and you play good defense, the points will come. And they will be a lot easier – then if we have to bring it up and get into a half-court defense offense, which you still have to do and take time off the clock in somebody, and that's what they're going to have to do Saturday with Augusta, they're going to have to try to limit the number of possessions that Augusta gets. I know we were talking about, who was it, Clemson last week in, in one of their games, they had like 69. They had over 70 possessions. Offensive possessions. That comes from defense. You don't get that many right. just playing straight up, get, throw the, when the other team scores, throw the ball in, walk down the court. No. You're playing defense. You're getting some quick, easy, in the shot clock. You're, getting, you're taking the ball away from the other team, and you're scoring quick. That's the only way you can get that many possessions. I mean, if you scored every time you got 70 possessions, you're scoring 140 points minimum a game. And that's not, we're not including in the foul shots that they take. You got 70 offensive possessions. Out of that 70 possessions, how many times do you go to the free throw line for easy two shots that
0: should be guaranteed, but it's. Hard to find yeah. that ninety nine percent free throw shooter. And Landers kind of got that. They uh, they yeah. their offense is off of their defense, mm-hmm. and hence the run and gun that they have. That's it, and yep. and here is what if the you're three point shooter If right.
1: you're a Land- right. like I said, if you're a lander and you don't know what's going on over there, last year you questioned when a new coach come in with what two years ago, three years ago with Omar. The same is going on on the women's side. They lost a really good basketball coach to Coastal. A great basketball. And coach. you got to get behind and support the coach they got there now because she, I'm telling you, they're starting to make that turn. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're and not going to just go right back to the 21 seasons. Well, and, that she, but it's going to happen
2: quicker than what you think because this girl knows what she's doing.
1: Well, she didn't change a lot. A, That's right. the key. She, yeah. she she knew Coach Patterson's style of play, offense and defense, and she didn't change a whole lot. She just had to. If she had two or three different. People coming in, which they did because he right. took a couple players. You got new players coming in. You kind of adjust around what they can do. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing you're seeing in Columbia um, and everywhere else where you have a new coach. You just got certain players that you have to wrap yourself around. And, well, this guy can give me this. Um, and, and you go from there. That's why all my Carolina friends are all ready to fire Coach Ferris. I'm like, look, man, you got a G.G. Jackson. He's a one and done anyway. I mean, for the most part. Um, you got to support him, let me see what he can do. And I, I'm impressed with what he's done with, with Gigi. Gigi realizes it's a team game, and, yeah, you're going to be the only one probably going to that next level. But if we're going to win as a team, and we're going to a dance or a tournament or something, mm-hmm. we got to play together. And I'd really be impressed the way that he's done. He's just not that 11-, 12-point scorer game now. He's jumping in there in the box, getting rebounds, offense and defenses. He just hasn't got the assist yet. Once he starts getting the assist down, he's going to score more points.
2: Well, I think GG2 had to make that transition from high school where he didn't have to work that hard, where he didn't have to get in there bang with bodies that were really bigger than him. He's still kind of a thin fellow.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and got good quickness and all and got good shots, but you need and he, we've started seeing it. He's starting to get in there and mix it up a little bit more as the season has worn on. And did that come from coaching and practice? More than likely, yeah. But he's realized he's made that transition now from high school to college. You say one and done. I say he's coming back for one more year. And I'm thinking, the only reason I'm saying that is he's realized he needs to put on some more weight and some more strength to be able to go up against the bigger bodies that he would face in in the pro ball. He He might go pro this year. But he won't be a starter. He's going to be on the bench.
1: I'm put you on the spot. Who was his coach at That A former big-time player. I can't remember who that coach was. Anyway, I think that's going to be the one helping him out, agent-wise. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be a lot. I hope you're right. I don't want to see him mm-hmm. gone after the one year. I don't want to – and you know how I am about stuff. I don't want to ever invest on a kid get him lined up, give him stuff, and then all of a sudden he's got to go. I, I'm not for that kind of player. and mm-hmm. So I'm, I hope you're right about Gigi. But anyway, we well, took you to Carolina that, basketball. That's fine,
0: and that'll be perfect going into it. We'll stick with the men. And what happened, they end up losing to Arkansas 65-66. to 66. I think Gigi uh, Jackson ended up kind of realizing that, hey, these guys are double-teaming me. I'm mm-hmm. going to have opportunities for other players to step up. And that's exactly what happened because Josh Gray had a fantastic, fantastic night. Game. Um, you know, coming in with all of this, and uh, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm looking at uh, 26 minutes he played, 20 points. He had 14 rebounds to go along with it. Mitchie Johnson, 33 uh, minutes he played, 20 points, um, had three rebounds, but he was the one that was the administrator of the ball. I mean, he played point guard extremely well. And then you add uh, Hayden Brown in there with 10 points. Gigi only had nine, but they were huge when all he right, did play, did. and particularly drawing the defense towards him every time he got the ball. Well, and he, he was able
2: to play and not get in foul trouble early. That restricted his.
0: Yeah, he only had two personal fouls playing. in the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, so he's in the whole time now. or You know, he didn't get two fouls in, or three fouls in the first three minutes of the game. So he was able to play his game. And like Chris said, he's starting to realize at this level they're going to double team a lot like Aaliyah Boston. Mm-hmm. She's, she's being double, triple, quadruple teamed. She knows it. So, where are my players? Somebody's going to be somebody's open. Somebody's going to be open. Let me get it to them. That's why all of a sudden the threes are going down, and people realize oh, we used to not have to guard her because we didn't think she could shoot a three, but she can. Oh, and she's doing it. <laughs> and that's the same thing. And Michi had a good game. We've been on Michi a little bit about as soon as he steps across half court, five seconds into the shot clock, he's launching one from 40 out. You know, uh, we don't need to be doing that, Meachie. <laughs> and he's, gotten a,
1: he's learned. I don't yeah, know if his constant free throws, running his butt off for what it is, yeah. but he's learning really fast. Another key to this game. This is two – well, not two in a row, but this is two games to where game, the Gamecocks have won these games and they lost. Again, I, I you know, against Georgia, their, their own commentator is like, oh, well, he got fouled and we got away with it and we're going to yeah. win a game. Same thing happened in this one at the very end. There was another foul that didn't get caught. Yeah. You make a couple – you know, a couple shots and stuff. I mean, that's huge. I'm looking up. I want to see one thing. I want to see about Hayden Brown and his fouls. He's also cut that down. Yeah. If you can keep your center – in that game, to play that game, and have Gray come in and have the game he had. So he did have three. So, I mean, three. he usually got three in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> three in the whole game. So, I, And I want to I mention something because it's been discussed for two years now. As a fan of college basketball, I think one of the things I love about the women's game is they play four quarters. They're, they're talking about reinstituting that and going back to a four-quarter system instead of a half of basketball. I just want to know your take on that because they were talking about in the men's game uh, with uh, what game was it? Um, who's been number one for Purdue game, and which they lost that game? Well, life.
2: the only the, the the one thing I would say about it, and I I would be for it, but I think we need to play instead of playing ten minute quarters on the men's side, let's maybe play twelve. Yeah, you know, add two more to it. Um, the twenty minute half that that's okay. And that and that, where more strategy comes in. When am I gonna use my timeouts? Mm-hmm. But then they get the built in at the four minute mark, at the ten minute mark. At the, they know they gonna get timeouts for TVs. Well, it's, if we go to twelve minute quarters, uh, maybe we're not gonna have so many TV timeouts. <laughs> and so you know we are gonna get to play.
0: Well, P.G. Hall still had a great uh, game Clemson. for Clemson um, that was but up there. Clemson
2: lost to one game they, that they needed to they win. Lost, they lost we, we
0: actually a call that. Them. That was one yeah. they really needed to win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, they needed to beat Miami as well. 78-74 came down uh, again. They, they didn't lead at all the second half. No. Miami mm-hmm. basically opened it up uh, after a 35-35 tie at half and never looked back from there uh, in the regard. But they got Tyler Hunter uh, – Hunter Tyson back involved with yeah. the offense once think, again, no. and he showed back up. So that was huge. Well, and
2: that, but that was one game. You know, you kept waiting on Clemson to to make that comeback to get the lead, and then we all knew it was going to be a close ball game. It'd be a two point ball game mm-hmm. at the end of the game. We wanted Clemson to win. Clemson needed to win that one. Especially because what happened at some other games <laughs> that took place. The
0: Boston College game should have never happened that way. But it, that's it the one it should. I
2: it shouldn't, but it did. I mean, and now what is it? Clemson and Miami are tied for first, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. But and this Miami, was a game But, but Miami holds the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they and hold a tiebreaker? Play, you know. They beat you at home, which never should have happened. It's
0: the only time you, you know. play them, too. You don't have yeah. to play them. You, again. Don't,
2: you don't get another chance. Now you've got to hope for somebody come in and beat them, and you can keep winning. And that, a- and that there was some talk the other day, some <laughs> idiot on one of these other networks that was talking about, you know, this is going to be terrible because the number one team in the ACC talking about Clemson mm-hmm. might not even make the big dance because of the few losses that they have. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, wait a minute. Hey, I don't know. I'm gonna go that far with it. I'm not either. I mean, yeah, Duke and Duke and North Carolina, and neither one of them are ranked, in they playing, and they you know, when was the last time that happened? You know that neither Steve one of them ranked. Even make the dance. Man. Yeah.
1: Here's the t- here's what blew my mind. Jim Jim Larry Nega is a great basketball coach at Miami. We know that. Him and Brad Brown else had some really good things. You know what happened in this game? It's one of the first times that I've seen in a while. You had. All five starters in double digits for Miami. Mm-hmm. And Wong, who was their leading scorer, hands down, he had the least. He had like 14. You had these other starters step up. And then, like I said, PJ had a great game, 19 points. I, mean, I Every time that kid plays, he and Hunter Tyson, I, I'm just impressed with with this Clemson team. I know that I'm a Gamecock talking Clemson sports, but <laughs> you got to give Brownell his due. And, I mean, like I said, their next big game, B-Rad will be at that
0: one, too. I'm starting to think B-Rad needs to stay in Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> he's bringing them down, huh? But the other thing with Miami, though, in the second half was the fact of the three-point shooting. That I mean, the hold must have been – Four feet wide for them. Yeah. When the, every time they looked at it from behind, and they were shooting, uh, you know, well beyond the arc. It wasn't Mitchie Johnson four. range, but it was. It was, <laughs> it was, was close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you look at Jordan Miller and what he was doing, uh, Nigel Pack was uh, almost perfect uh, in his free throws, but two of seven. Um, he, had, you know, put up the most, but the most deadly three point shooter they had was Jordan Miller.
1: Exactly. Now, when's this uh, – I'm looking out of here. No, Monday, Saturday. Um, that's going to be the game where they go to Chapel Hill. They never won up there. Brownell, I'm telling you, he's still got to be licking his lips. Herbert Davis has not got this team playing that great of basketball. And your two leading scores are your two leading rebounds. Rounders for each team. I mean, Hunter Tyson on both sides uh, – Sixteen a game and nine, so almost double double for for right. for Hunter Tyson, and then Andrew Baycott. Um, he just he's having that year seventeen and five and twelve rebounds a game. So do they have anybody this week matchup. before they get to Carolina? No, North no, no this, this is their game. off so week. This is their
2: off, this week. Is their this off is, week. This is when you so heal your boo boos. Well, well, and and of course, the players get to listen and read too, mm-hmm. and it's the pressure of them being the team that they have been to this point. Even with the Miami loss, everybody's feeling like this is the year. How much is that weighing on those kids' shoulders? When they get to Chapel Hill, are they going to be able to play the game that they played Saturday that they should have won, and we all admit they should have won that game at home? If they had won that game at home, this game coming up Saturday would be much easier for them. Oh, the two, the last two cold. games. Uh, yeah. You know. and that, this is – now this is kind of compounded, and now this is where some of those Clemson people on the other side of the fence oh this is the same old Clemson basketball now we're going to start falling apart here at the end of the year and we'll be a number 8 seed in the tournament in the ACC tournament and maybe that's where some of that talk came in the other day that they might win the ACC and not even be seeded in the big dance I don't know
1: (laughs) this is still Uh, that year It, they, this this is the year a they should year. have done it. Yeah. Or and if they don't, it's it's on it's on them. And then all the ones that are against Brad Brownell, they can come at me and say, "I told you so." I told you so. I guess I got to look at it like that. But this is still a really good basketball team.
2: It is a great. And basketball I, I'm
1: telling game. y'all, I am not going to be shocked if you if you get a ESPN alert and North, and North Carolina's down. Who won the Duke game Saturday night? Duke North Carolina game. Do you, do you have I you got it? I, I didn't. Uh, have I was. I never, even, I never <laughs> even looked at it. And I just had North Carolina on here, which is silly. But, um. but,
2: but the thing about Clemson, Clemson has played through adversity this year, won a lot of ball games with some of their key players sitting on the bench, even at the first of the year. And then they got those people back. Then they lost some other people. you know, And now they're starting to get those people back. But they've won now, what, 17, 18 ball games and hadn't lost but like five. So, they're
1: they're still in the hump, but we can't afford any more losses. Here's the key, and this has been a problem for North Carolina all year, putting it in the hoop. Mm -hmm. They lose again to a Duke team that's really not that good. No. And they lost. I think that game was at home. No, it was at Duke. Yeah, Never mind. Do. It was yeah, at Duke. It was with the crazies. sixty-three, fifty-seven. But still, you're only putting 57 points on the board. You're struggling as your North Carolina yeah. team. And I can tell you, you score 57 Saturday, you might get double dip. You're going get
0: beat. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah.
2: Clemson can put the points on because the board. Clemson's averaging 70-something, wasn't it? 78. Yeah. Something I think better, they're after seventy one seventy two. Yeah. It's it's yeah. the
0: lower seventies. The thing is though, Duke is primarily a three point shooting team. They are they rarely go underneath uh they, although they got two good big guys that are that are under there that they can go to.
1: Yeah, Shires is that kind of coach, man. He he was a, being a guard, man. He but there again, that's another thing about Duke. They play defense. Yeah. Herbert Davis can't get his players into that. I, and I tell you what i like to have seen. I'm glad Gigi came to Carolina as a Gamecock, the, the Carolina as a Gamecocks. Um, he was committed to North Carolina. How much did that hurt Hubert Davis and that team when he just kind of turned his back on North Carolina and they had spent all that time recruiting and they, they lost a lot of time to go out and try to find another player of that caliber? Because by that time, he had already committed to another team, I'm sure. Whoever they had number two, he had committed to another team, maybe well, even a Maryland. Well, the, the
2: bigger concern to me if I'm a North Carolina guy is what did G.G. see that late in the recruiting process that made him change his mind? I, you know, Frank, you well, it wasn't until after you know, Frank left you, that he right. said okay. Frank's left. He's gone.
1: I think that's the key. And,
2: and Parrish is coming in. Did G.G. even know Parrish? Did he even know where he came from? Did he know what style of ball he played? Man, probably didn't until Carolina picked up the phone and said this is going to be our coach
1: and, you know,
2: we want you to talk to him. I'll see if I can get
1: Gigi on the phone. But I think think Gigi's the kind of player and his coach at Ridgeview is the kind of coach they knew who Lamont Paris was. I even knew who Lamont Paris was because Chattanooga made the dance two years in a row. If you're a player, that's what they look for, that dance, being able to go to that dance. Um, And that's one thing they look at and they say a new coach coming in, new style of play, new system, I'm going to fit right in here. Because they need a leading scorer. Frank mm-hmm. took one player, and the other one's transferred out. And, I mean, I, I feel sure he knew who Lamont Paris was. But the, as for the Tigers, this is this is another game, and now you are the must-win game. Yeah. But And I think the players are going to be like, you know what? You're right. They're going to have a lot of bullets and board material, but that's good because I'm going to tell you why. Hunter Tyson and the rest of those guys are like, you know what? We can do something no other team's ever done.
0: Yeah. And
1: we'll be we'll leave our legacy, especially P.J. Hall, Tyson, uh, and the rest of this team, Brevin Galloway, is he going to be 100 percent for this game?
0: He played the other night, so we'll see. He played sparingly yeah. the other
1: night, which was a generous I way I, of describing. I, it.
0: T- I would imagine they'll play him sparingly again. Well, they got a whole week off, yeah. Yeah. they
1: do, and that's what I say. Now's yeah. when you get your boo boos healed up best you can. But I look for a big game. I mean, I, I mean, we don't ever do basketball, but I'm looking at probably like a 83-70 game on the road. I, I, I think it. It could get that bad for North Carolina and Hubert Davis because you're right. They they want to shoot the three so bad, and they don't have the players, and Duke showed them the other night. You don't have the three-point shooters. Well, I think if, if Bronnell comes out and plays defense for the all two halves,
2: all 40 minutes, they're not going to – if North Carolina scores 60, they'll be lucky. <laughs> but at the same time, Clemson can't afford to miss the easy buckets, the easy layups, the the easy putbacks when they get an offensive rebound. Be able to stick the ball in the hole, take control of what you can take control of, and they know they can dominate in the in the paint and just make it happen.
1: They got a big dude inside man, and they I do. and I think that's key. What you just said mm-hmm. is key. I think for two reasons. You work that ball inside, and you get a couple quick fouls on Baycott, the leading scorer, leading rebounder, and he's got to go to that bench. And you still got mm-hmm. two minutes, or three minutes, five minutes left in that rest of that half, first half. That's big because then he comes out second half, he can't play hard either. And I think that gives you a total advantage, even though you're on the road this game. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, cool.
2: but right. is this? Are these officials going to be the Jordan-esque officials with the mysterious fouls and? <laughs> Uh,
0: it is in whatnot. Chapel Hill. You, you play in Chapel Hill, and the good
1: thing is, Brad Brownell's like guy it. Says, you know what? I got an assistant coach, but bring you tail over here, and we talking about this. I saw so many coaches teed up this weekend in, in college basketball. It's crazy. Gino got it one yesterday in the girls' game. So, um, it's well, it's, I saw
2: him one time, and he was arguing a foul, and at first one, <laughs> I, you know, okay, it could have been, but then when they showed the replay, it wasn't at the girl got her with her arms or anything like hands or anything. It was her lower body. Mm-hmm. She was pushing her with her lower body. Gino went berserk. I mean, the, the assistant coaches had to have two assistant coaches, and he was
1: already at half court. He already had the tech anyway because he yeah. had it in his mind. He needed yeah, he, that. He, yeah, he coaches needed. know when they need to get yeah. that technical mm-hmm. foul. I, I'm telling you, they know exactly what time to do it. The players know what <laughs> they're going to do it. Yeah. And the ref knows because it's a matter of boom.
0: Mm-hmm. I know
1: that from Coach Pratt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're here at Howard's on Main. We invite you to come on by. Enjoy some of the great paninis they've got here. They've got the uh, pepperoni pizza panini, which is pretty good, the yes. hot roast beef. The workday holiday is a, a favorite of mine. If you like uh, sourdough bread, honey mustard, jack cheese uh, with the turkey to go along with it, pretty good. Cuban is a lot of... Uh, dancing uh, taste bud sensations there as well. And the spicy salami that go along with it are just uh, a few of the paninis that they have here at Howard's on Main.
1: Howard, now you know who to do your commercials for you, because me and Tom Carroll, we're good at the food <laughs> game we, and game the industry. Well. But like I said, he has specials every day. I know what, yeah. Tuesday's hot dog, which is, is, like, is good. Hot um, so that's a good, and then you know, we know Thursday. The and cheeseburger wraps Today, yeah, uh, And he'll even throw one on a bun. If you don't want a wrap, yeah. if you're trying not to be healthy like me, he'll throw it on a bun for you. Yeah. You don't have to get the rap. <laughs> and like I say, get that. Here's one thing that you don't realize, and it may be because you're from, I consider you're a northerner, but you're well, from you something. Yeah, yeah. His fermented cheese on that burger. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you didn't get pimento cheese on the burger, it's worth whatever he charges you extra for it. I'm telling you, he, he, and a hot pimento cheese in the morning is great, too. So,
0: And he does breakfast, by the way. He does do breakfast. And if you're looking to cater uh, a specific event, you need to go ahead and give Howard a call as well. Number 229-3700 is 229-3700. Better yet, come by and say hello to him. Come oh by. Yep, you know him. Oh, yeah, everybody knows Howard. All right. Moving on to the high school guys. So again, a lot to talk about that is here. I'm going to start off with the uh, – there were no head football coaches changed within the state. Um, oh, gone Hiring are firing. So, but there is a lot of scutter butt about what's going on over at Lexington, and it has a little bit of uh, implications in what uh, you know some, some coaches that have some connections, I guess you would say, to the Lakelands in and around here. One of those um, that probably isn't going to end up getting the job or uh, offer the job because he's done so, a great job uh, after moving from AC Flora up to Dorman as Dustin Curtis. He's been yep. there one year. Uh, Lexington, he graduated from there. Be cool if he went back and, and coached at his alma mater. Doubt that's going to happen. However, Corey Fountain out at Clinton has had success as a head coach. Uh, it stops at Lamar. We know what he did there. We know what he's done at Clinton the last couple of years. He led Lamar to two state championships in 15 and 17. Um He's had an unbeaten regular season this year, went all the way to the three A Upper State Championship. He's a possibility of moving down to Lexington as well.
1: So now right now if you're Clinton, I'm telling you, you well, got your on. principal and your 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 trustees on the phone and you're saying, We gotta do what we gotta do to keep this guy. Cause I mean But Stan, again, now that you've got Clinton back where there used to be, relevancy again. You've got that whole city up there going crazy. To go back down to, what is that, District 1 down in Lexington District, whatever they call it, oh, um, and take over a job, they've really struggled, and you got to go back against Dutch Fork again. Okay. That's the reason Curtis ain't coming. <laughs> but, but the key that Lexington School District, that county,
2: that district has, is they have a district sports administrator. They do. You're right. And you know who that is? I'd- David Bennett. From Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Carolina yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I met first I coach at Coastal Carolina. So yeah. he knows all these coaches. Yeah. He's got his thumb on. He knows who he wants to offer the job to, and he knows what pecking order he wants to go in.
1: And he knows what he can get.
2: Yeah, and he knows. There's what people he you can
1: don't get. think he could he could talk to. He can talk to him. Yeah. Well, there's he another
0: might. Greenwood connection, uh, former oh, Eagle Bryce no. Labrand, out at Buford. Yeah. We've you know gone twice now in the 4A. He was into the championship, didn't win it there. South Point won that one. Then in 22, he wins the uh, the school's first 3A title to go along with it. So, uh, his name is being thrown in there as well. And that's one too where he could possibly move in uh, and take that job that is there. I still, if, I, I still think he he likes the Buford
2: area, being down on the coast. He knows what he's got. I think Manchild comes back yeah. next year. He knows he's got a good nucleus. They just had a great season. I, I would find it hard for him to leave to We're go to right. Lexington.
1: Now, yeah, that would put him back up closer to home. But he lost Casey Fields to Sacramento yeah, State in, yeah. in the in the recruitment, but. He likes the area. I love the area. And here's one thing that y'all need to one know about. I, I know how good a guy this is on, on the mic when it comes to doing football games. I'm going to tell you, I am going to push for that PA job down there. Not for you, <laughs> but they got a really good radio station that needs a really good group of guys. And I know who they are up here. And don't think I won't push to go down that smell of that marshmallow. I'm telling you, you're close to the beach. I mean, Good I'm telling you, seafood. well,
0: that's why you stay, Coach. Yeah. Coach Labron, right. that's why you stay. Here's, the, here's another reason that, that he may <laughs> go. And, and Perry Wilbright, before he left Lexington, was making $106,000. That may be a little more incentive.
1: There's still – I think I think Lexington is still the highest paid as far as school districts in the Probably, state, yeah. I think. It used to be, I know. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know, man. Some guys –
0: I think Labrand is, is, is one of those guys that's true to your school. It's not he's telling you about there. the money, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I he, mean. He, he's more – now,
2: don't get us wrong. He's not down there making chump change at Buford. And it's hard. I, 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 he, you say, well, he was making 106 Well, Labrand, the new – you know, all teachers and coaches are on a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. He just won a state championship. He can demand more money and get it probably because those people want that attention. They want to be recognized in the state. And this is the way to do
1: it. Here's the key about this deal. And like I said, I'm in for all the time. I'm going to be going back sometime this week, coming probably. He's built a culture yeah. down there, and they love it. And they love what he's done. And he doesn't have like, Buford Academy is about the size of Howard's bathroom in there. It's not a. It's not imposing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, their press box is about the size of the stage here. But they're working on that. You, you win championships, you're going to get stuff built. Yep. I think you're right. I think the whole deal comes down to the fact that you know what I promised you. I'm going to tell you one thing, Coach Libran's not. He's not the Holliman willing to jump at every job um, like a certain guy at Greenville. I got someone punning on Coach. <laughs> <four>. <laughs> I, I, hey, let's get rid of Porter. Let's put him at Lexington. I'm going to throw his name in a hat. Yeah. I guarantee <laughs> you he's put his name in there. Oh, I would sure because – If he could. That's a lot higher-paying job than when you has got a Greenville. I would I guarantee. guarantee you. Yeah. Almost. Mm-hmm. And better facilities, too. Because yeah. I've ridden by Lexington, um, and, and they have really done a lot of stuff down there that wasn't there when, when we were playing the Lexingtons back in the, in the 80s when I was at Greenwood. I mean – They've got things going in the right direction. It's just Dutch Fork and Ermo has just pretty much nipped them in the bud.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the last time we called a game down there, they had the press boxes on both sides, and mm-hmm. we had our own box. And but the field was grass. Yeah. It's turf now. I think they've got a jumbotron now, just like they everybody do. else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you've got to know that the facilities on campus, as far as weight rooms and all are going to be better than what Greenville's got because Greenville is such a big district with so many schools in it and the money gets spread so thin. Whereas down there, they don't have that many. Now, they've had to build a few new high schools, and I think those have hurt Lexington to a point. But Lexington's still that, kind of like Greenwood, the old school, and they've got traditions that some of these other schools don't have, and there's still kids going over there. There's still athletes going over there. I promise you.
1: I'm telling y'all right now, babe, y'all haven't been to Beaver High School. You haven't been to the stadium. I'm telling you, you would think you're an Emerald. I'm serious when I tell you that. I mean, we're talking small school, small field. Mm-hmm. They're getting in the middle of the neck on mm-hmm. the on the river up there, harbor, whatever you want to call it. And I, I'm, I think that would in itself. I mean, like you say, I, I really think the library is more of. Like you say, he's dedicated to it. He appreciates the jobs. And I'm going to take his name out of the pot and put Coach Porter in the pot. Okay. So. No, I like that.
0: I do too. <laughs> all right, turning the round ball, uh, we'll start with the JV. Greenwood's JV got a little chance to go a little dancing on Friday night. 42-22, big win over Berea uh, in this one. And uh, when you look at their leading score, Davis has just dominated. He had 10 points. Uh, Pettigrew had nine. Nichols had eight. And best of all, they held Berea scoreless in the fourth quarter. 14-0. That's hard to do. We love this team right <laughs> here, brother. That's hard to do <laughs> at any level. Coach Carter. Yep. So they, they had a chance. Hopefully we can get him on our, I'm wor- on. I'm Yeah, Thursday. we're working on go with that. As for the varsity team, they fell to Berea on the road uh, in this one. Sophomore C.J. Terrell had 13 points. Uh, senior Khalik Williams added 11. Um, Greenwood falls to three and five right now in region, and the Eagles are back in action, of course, against Westside uh, tomorrow at 7:30. And when you look at, at breaking down the playoffs and what's going to happen as of next week, we kind of went through and and. Try to find out uh, where they may end up going. And we've been hearing all along that uh, the Eagles are probably going to have to go down, take on uh, North Augusta and the Yellow Jackets down, that, down there. But right now leading the, the region is Greenville. Even though Westside just beat them, Greenville has the tiebreaker in that one. So one is Greenville, two is Westside, Berea is third. Greenwood holds in at number four, but Pickens and Easley are right there. or Pickens is right behind them at two and six. And Easley's at one and seven. So Greenwood really needs to have a good game against Westside tomorrow night and then they've also got a game against Easley coming up on Thursday night. Those are both must wins, both of those at the nest.
2: And that's big. And the last time they played West Side at Westside, it was only like was a six point loss.
0: Yeah. So and that
2: was at Westside. The thing about it, you gotta look at who Berea has to play too. And Berea just won against Greenwood, so Yeah, so you know Berea I think they still had Greenville, a game with Greenville to play, I think. And I think they've, I got, a game, yeah, they've
0: got a game with Greenville left. Yeah, so that's tomorrow night. You know, that,
2: could,
1: that, that'll help, too. Yeah,
2: yeah we, just, we so, take care of
0: business. So as of right now, Greenville will host either Aiken or South Aiken. Um, West Side will host either South Aiken or Aiken. You've got Berea taking on and going on the road to Midland Valley. And Greenwood on the road at North Augusta is where they stand as of right now. And
1: I can promise you all. We definitely want to go to Midland Valley because I don't know if you can get in down there. They you still got in the North ticket Augusta. things at North Augusta, where, <laughs> I, which is silly, and I don't know what's going on down there. But anyway, the whole CSRA isn't is an bad. uproar, as you've seen. You, uh, you got people that can't even see their kids play for some reason. And it happened at Abbeville the other week, I heard, on a cheer yeah. competition or something that, that that they didn't let them in at Abbeyville, And this lady said, my daughter's last game of, as a cheerleader at Abbeyville, and we couldn't get in the game. So I
0: thought it was my (laughs) 10 over here. All right, oh. uh, for and we'll get into the girls' side of it as well. Emerald, uh, looks like they're going to make the playoffs as of right now. Clinton leads uh, Region 4 in 3A. Uh, you've got Union County at number two, followed by Chester. The Vikings at four. Woodruff comes in at number five. So that would mean the Red Devils get to host the Centurions of Broom. <laughs> Union County gets Blue Ridge. Chester goes on the road to Carolina Academy, and Emerald will go on the road. And this is where Greenwood lost last year in the first round of the playoffs. They get to take on Traveler's Rest. T.R.,
1: um, like you said, I tried to. I, w- I wanted to listen a little bit of the, the game the other night with with in Basketball. Um, I, I know that Graham was at Union County. I just don't. I think mm-hmm. Union won or did Emerald win? Do you remember?
0: I can go back and look. I, I what? Know. I want to think Union County won that game. They did. Okay, I
1: think, they did. Yeah. So,
0: but Emerald has one home game left, and that's uh, the number one team in in their region, and that's going to be the Clinton Red Devils. Go along with seven thirty, and I think
1: they're pretty solid. I I think Clinton's not a bad. I, you know, I, Chester's the team that's really disappointed in basketball this year, I think. But I think Clinton's fairly good. Um, and then, like I said. It, they're it,
2: still beatable.
1: It's always comes down to, to me. It's like Greenwood every year. It's like we almost – you think you get rid of somebody, and then Emerald thinks they get rid of Broom, and mm. then Broom's always in the hunt in the playoffs and football and, and in basketball. It's always the Centurions they got to see again <laughs> that they thought they were getting rid of.
0: All right, moving down to 2A here in the Lakelands, the Saluda Tigers uh, right now, number one in Region 2. In the first round of the playoffs going to have Region 1 versus Region 2. Um, Saluda, number one, followed by Newberry. The Panthers of Abbeville, number three, followed by Mid-Carolina, 96 right now, uh, it's bringing in the bottom at number five. So that means uh, you'll have Saluda hosting either Blacksburg or Greenville Tech Charter in this one. Those two uh, have uh, battled back and forth and are tied kind of right now for, th- um, I, th- I think it's fourth and 5th. And then you got Newberry uh, hosting either Greenville Tech or Blacksburg. You got Abbeville uh, going on the road, more than likely to Greer Middle College, and Mid-Carolina will play at Landrum. But Saluda, by the way, they will be Tuesday night um, at home against 96, and then they got to go on the road to Mid-Carolina on Thursday. 96, their final game will be tomorrow night. as we said, against Saluda, and then I believe Abbeville has two more games. They'll be taking on uh, Mid-Carolina at home Tuesday night and then at Newberry on Thursday to go along with it before the playoffs start. I don't even know what that I mean,
1: <laughs> 96 is a team that's weird to talk about. They, they won that game. That game, by the way, I think they're 1-18 now, 1-19. They're 1-19. They beat they beat Coach Johnson at Warshalls. I do remember that. Um, I, it's a team I don't know how to talk about because I think defensively they're one of the better teams in the in that region. To be honest with
0: you, I mean, Apple's dominant yeah. I mean, on paper when you look at the numbers. Yeah, would, I mean, they, they you would, would
1: be, think they would be better than one in one in nineteen, 19 or whatever they are. Yeah, you would think they would be a little bit closer to maybe. Well, I mean, and,
2: and that's one of those teams though if they do make the playoffs, all of a sudden they're making a little run, and it don't take about four or five games. And you playing for a state championship?
1: <laughs> I've seen, we've seen that done a lot of times. But mm-hmm. who are their who are their chances to play if they make the playoffs? Where, where are those teams again?
0: Ninety six right now is sitting out. So okay, they're, they're out right now. They yeah, they have to, out to of, win, so they would have to win region. They'd have to. They don't have enough games to even get back okay. in to so, winning. Okay, to, to, to even get fourth play. they need at least three wins, <laughs> and they need Carolina to win their la- or lose their last two. And then uh, Calhoun Falls uh, charter the Flashes, 16-3 and three overall, 7-1 and one as of right now in Region 2, 1A, and uh, they sit on top. McCormick comes in at number two, followed by Dixie, Ware-Scholes. Whitmire has the fifth spot, and South Carolina School for the uh, Deaf and Blind comes in at number six in this one. Calhoun Falls has one game left against uh, the School for the Deaf and Blind, and that will be tomorrow night at 7.30. Other than that, when you look at uh, – who's going to end up playing who. Calhoun Falls more than likely is going to take on Louisville. McCormick will get Macby at home. Then Dixie will have to go on the road to C.A. Johnson in Region 3. And then where Shoals right now sitting there at 4-4. They're going to make the playoffs, but they've got to go to Great Falls. Great Falls right now uh, has two games left. One of those is against C.A. Johnson. Um, they're 8-0 as of right now, and those two could flip-flop. You know, I'm not sure who has a tiebreaker tie on that, but they could end up flip flopping. It could be CA Johnson number one, Great Falls number two. For like I said, that's the team right there. Uh, that you, you listen up about CSR. I mean, CA
1: Johnson is one of those. They're a good basketball team, girls and guys. Yeah. And, and I think that would be that would hurt Dixie to have to play them. So, they get – I mean, Great Falls is good. Don't get me wrong by no means. But I think they would rather probably play a, a Great Falls as opposed to a C.A. Johnson. But
0: there again, you you still got to win your games. You got, what, two left? I think that's what you said, two left. Uh, Cowling Falls has got one left. McCormick's got one against ware Shoals tomorrow night. Dixie's got two, two. Okay. Um, at Ware-Scholes and then at Whitmire Thursday. <laughs> Ware-Scholes has Dixie and McCormick uh, home and away. Coach Johnson, I'm telling you,
1: it's been a tough year. Yep. Um, seven and seven, four and four, right now. You know, so, and like I said, that's one of the games that Dixie's going to need to win. But we'll just say it like it is: Dixie needs to win that game whenever they play tomorrow, Wednesday night. Um, but all in all, I mean, he, you know, you talk about the the region right there. I was I thought it was McCormick, and I was wrong. So I
2: don't know. Calhoun Falls is they 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 use. This is one of those sports where they can be competitive at a high level because they don't have to have a lot of people. You know, they can they have like play six. five at a time. Yeah, yeah, and if you got six or seven, you know, you just hope your six or seven are better than the fifteen on the team sitting across from you. But they—they—they've got some athletes down there. They down do,
1: down. and and they—and like you, players. I would have
2: thought McCormick might have been a little bit stronger than they were, but you know, maybe they had the games with Calhoun Falls, and they were real close ball games, and you know, Calhoun Falls just managed to eke them out. But, <laughs>
0: All right, and then we can't forget about Greenwood Christian, who is in the Skeels League. They're ten and eleven overall, two and five right now in Region Three, Three A. Uh, they've got a game against Whitmire tonight. Um, that is a non-region game. Uh, that game I think is going to be at seven or seven thirty. I don't know exact time of that. And then uh, they get a home game, take on the number one team in their region, and that is going to be First Presbyterian Academy at Shannon Forest, which by the way is in Greenville. Before you ask me, that'll be at no, seven. I know <laughs> <laughs> I do know that one. <laughs> to go along with it. So right now you got uh, First Presbyterian Academy, Spartanburg Day is number two, Oak Brook number three, Spartanburg Christian is at four, and Greenville Christian right there at number five. And then they've got the uh, regional tournament coming up uh, next week. Um, I believe it's the 13th and 14th, and then the state tournament will begin, I think, the 18th through the 26th for Skees League. So don't have any uh, of the brackets for either of those, so when they come, we'll see if we can get them a little
1: We'll wait and see on that Well, Like I said, I, <laughs> one thing I have learned about Greenwood Christian this year is I think Scott's the real deal. I mean, he's a real deal. The last two or three games, you looked it's at the numbers. He's an eighth grader, yeah. yeah. you looked at the things, and Oklahoma's playing good basketball right now, as Coach called him, um, and, and like I said, he's a man among boys in that, in that little region right there, and so uh, they're going to get rolling, and like I said, it's, they're going to be a tough out. I just think about Spartanburg well, Day, and I think about that up. kid named Williamson that was up there uh, what, Zion, four, yeah. four or five years ago that went <laughs> to Duke and then in the NBA. He don't have a brother or cousin; they might be all right, but that's a really good <laughs> basketball team. Spartanburg, matter of <laughs> fact, we went by the school. It's up there right beside that pizza, pizza place, place that we yeah. went to, and I mean, it, there again, that's just not a school that you would think would would house such athletes as they do for mm-hmm. basketball. Really good coach.
0: Yep, and the girls for Greenwood Christian right now are the real deal. Seventeen and one right now, six and one in region play. Their only loss in region is to the first place, First Presbyterian at Sherwin Forest, uh, who is six and zero as of right now. The girls, by the way, are sitting at number two, followed by Spartanburg Christian, Oakbrook Prep, and Spartanburg Day at number five. Um, the girls have two games left. Uh, we may mention of them with the boys. They've got Whitmire and then, of course, First Press. Both of those, uh, you know, non-region and then the first place uh, for that. Are, so they they playing,
2: can, are they playing First Press
0: at home? They are at home this time. So that They, might, are home this time. they got
2: beat on the road. Maybe they can pull out the win and – then we'll see where it
0: goes with the tiebreaker, because that's <laughs> that's when you're gonna start looking at a lot of different stuff. Yep. Yeah. And then the girls of Calhoun Falls again in the rankings once again here in Region Two, One A, thirteen and four overall, nine and zero in region play. They lead uh, uh, Region Two, followed by Whitmire. McCormick comes in at three, Dixie at four, and where Shoals is at number five. So that means you're gonna have Calhoun Falls hosting either uh, Governor's School of Science or uh, possibly C.A. Johnson. Whitmire will host uh, Louisville, and then you've got – or C.A. Johnson. Then you've got uh, McCormick taking on Great Falls or Dixie taking on Macbee.
1: Interesting. I'm telling you, playoffs are going to be fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and around here especially because we have a lot
2: of quality ladies basketball being played. And it's it's from, like you say, skis all the way up through – Every classification. I mean,
0: more people are getting out to watching the ladies now than the men. (laughs) They are McCormick, by the way, is done. Um, They don't have any games this week, so they're waiting on the playoffs. As is where Shoals Dixie has that one home game uh, tomorrow night against Whitmire for the girls. That is there. And then in two A Region Two, Saluda. Course, right up there on top, uh, they lead Region 2. They'll take, they got mid Carolina at number two, followed by 96 is third, Abbeville, fourth, and Newberry comes in at fifth. In the playoffs, first round, Region 2 will take on Region 1, so you'll have Saluda hosting Liberty. Mid-Carolina hosting Greer Middle College. 96 will be on the road at Landrum. And the Panthers, uh, they'll get a chance to go back up to Blacksburg. Uh, some of them, those football players that are playing both sports, will get a double shot of what's going on up there in Blacksburg. Yep, they get another shot. <laughs> uh, for that, 96 girls, 9-6, nine and 4-3 and three overall. They'll be at Saluda tomorrow night. Abbeville has two games left. Uh, they'll be at home tomorrow against Mid-Carolina and home against Newberry on Thursday. So we've got that there. And then congrats to the uh, Lady uh, Vikings, Emerald girls, 18-2, 7-0 overall. They are region champs once again. They go undefeated in region play. They still have to play Clinton, though, tomorrow night, so hopefully they'll knock on Wood. I didn't just jinx them, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Region 4 will take on Region 3, so you'll have Emerald hosting Broom as of right now, the way things sit. Woodruff will take on Chapman. The Red Devils of Clinton will be on the road at Traveler's Rest and Union County or Chester, I'm not sure which out of Region 4 because those two right now are 0-5 and and they play each other. One of them's got to have a win, and uh, that'll be at Blue Ridge. So we'll see how that turns out. But that's kind of a toss-up as of right now. To do. And then finally get to the Greenwood Eagles and the Lady Eagles, 8-15 and 15 overall in Region 1, 4A. They're coming out of that region, Pickens. As the number one seed, followed by Easley, West Side, and Greenville. Greenwood is number five, and Berea is number six. So, as it stands right now, pending uh, something happens differently, uh, you're more than likely going to see Pickens hosting Midland Valley. Easley will host Airport, West Side, or Greenville will be at Aiken, and either Greenville or West Side will be at North Augusta. Does Greenwood have any possibility of getting in there? No. Uh, okay. Greenville and Westside right now are four and four in region okay. play. Greenwood right now is at one and six, okay. so they they uh, they will be out of it. As of right yep. So kind of unique, kind of a, a yeah. sneak peek yeah. into the what's going to happen next week. We'll find out over the weekend where. Well, I imagine we'll know Friday where everybody's going to end up going, if not Thursday night. Cool beans. With all of that. Uh, Turning your attention towards a little bit of rustling, Greenwood went on the road up to Northwestern this past Saturday. They won easily uh, over Aiken, but then they took on a Northwestern team that was just as good as they were. This one was close. I mean, one or two matches could have made the difference. 37-33 the final, um, and Northwestern ends up advancing into the next round. That
2: was a close match. Again, Greenwood's on the road to Northwestern. I'm still wanting Northwestern to come to Greenwood for some of these competitions.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> mm. just the luck of the draw and how the brackets right. I went this year. I understand I mean, all that. You know, and then it, 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 it seems the years that that they ha- do have to come over this this way. They're they're not in the right. You know, they're yeah, not there, they're or they have there. to go to Greenville or somewhere else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of like what you're saying because it all goes back to Jerome. So, you know, <laughs> a little bit better doing a little bit of a job <laughs> with the brackets
1: and everything. So.
0: And congrats to 96 as well. They won both their matches. They'll be playing again tonight. They'll be wrestling uh, as well. And we'll see uh, Jones Dove, Ryan's Jones, uh, Sharkway Cal- uh, Caldwell, uh, Carter Patterson. We'll see how those guys do again uh, as they get a chance to uh, advance here towards that. I think it's, I'll have to look at the bracket uh but the Upper States coming up, uh, or I think on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken.
1: And those guys have got the fan base because, like you said, the basketball's not playing so well in their wrestling. games. Oh, yeah. so that always helps, and that helps the team. that helps the school. Think about yeah. it: basketball team is down a little bit. Well, we got a wrestling team comes to support. Mm-hmm. So really cool. I, I wanted B Red real quick, but he's in that back here behind me. I think he knows I want to talk to him about something. But <laughs> I got one other thing for breaking news: um, Pe- uh, Pebble Beach was this week. Great tournament. Ben Martin had a great tournament, our own local guy. He finished his 10-under. I'm not going to tell you what he won because all his buddies have been wanting side backs. I lost a while back from him. But uh, <laughs> Justin Rose started a four-year drought on the PGA Tour, and he wins Pebble Beach today. So, if you remember, Justin Rose won the gold in the Olympics. Be ready. Don't run off. Uh, I need to talk to you. Uh I had a call, and I, I think we figured out the problem at Clemson. I, I keep seeing you at Clemson for the basketball game. We got to keep you home. <laughs> I know you want to go to Chapel Hill, but come on and talk to me, man. Get closer. It. <laughs> <laughs> he understands where I'm coming from, but now nah, I, I I will say this: I, I'm not going to joke with him about being Brad Brownell's favorite guy because uh, he's at all the games. And right I respect you for going to these games. Keep it up, man. And I got you winning this week. I
0: got you winning at Chapel Hill, <laughs> and he he he's uh, he's he's uh, toasting the win. Yep. So. Be reds getting everybody ready for happy hour. Make sure to come on out and enjoy the festivities Thursday, Friday, and Saturday here at Howards on Main as well. Got great entertainment that'll be coming your way, and you can take advantage of that uh, and enjoy the coldest beer in Greenwood exactly. to go along with it. Got to like that. Yep. Stan, welcome back. As I said, hey, I'm glad to be back. Good to have you back in the studio. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. And we are the Lakeland Sports Guys.